Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. We are continuing the series on financial planning today. And today we have my good friend, homegirl, partner, Anna Njai Conte. Welcome back to the show, Anna. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here as always, Emlyn. So Anna and I, we've been on before. We always chop it up. We're both big fans of each other. So it's awesome to have you on. But before we get into this, man, just watching you, like I said, watching the growth, we talked about it a little bit before we got on here, just seeing your career and watching you just basically blow up like we knew you were. And at this stage in your career, talk to us a little bit about what's going on. Before we even get into everything, I just yeah. want people to just come on, Anna, tell us what's going yeah. on. Yeah. What's been good? Yeah. Give us some good news. Oh, good news abounds. I feel so blessed and fortunate. I'm glad that I made this crazy leap to entrepreneurship to start my own RA. Part of me wishes I had done it sooner, but I guess there's a time for everything, right? So now we've officially passed the second year. We're in the third year, right, of being open and then we're registered, bringing on lots of new clients, experiencing lots of growth, and we're bringing on our first full-time hire this month. So all really, really good things. Nice, nice. Growing. So you're growing over there. Yeah, trying to and really doing a lot of work, you know, based on my conversations with you and some of the folks that are a little bit further down the trajectory than me, trying to make sure that I get the foundation set and that everything is really solid and ready for that takeoff, right? You want to get the fundamentals right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The blocking and tackling fundamentals. I love that you brought up fundamentals because it goes right into what we're talking about. So the fundamentals, it's almost like the fundamentals of financial planning. And the reason why I wanted to bring you on today is one, because you do an incredible job with clients. And so I wanted to be able to give our listeners that are consumers tools that they need to understand what they should be getting when they're going through the financial planning process. And I think there's one that's so important. Like we talked about circumstance last week with Luis, which shout out to Luis, he killed it. It was an excellent show. You know, I expect the same from what we're going to do because both of you guys, everyone that comes on is great. So we know that it's going to be great. But when we talked about that, like he had some great stuff. And I want to stay in that same vein because I know that you guys each do something very, very particular for your clients. And I want to be able to let people hear what good questions and what that looks like. So today we're going to be talking about goals. And I wanted you to talk to us about your process with establishing goals for your clients and how you do that and what not to do when you're doing that. As yeah. well, I think that's just as important. Absolutely. I think there's no one part of the planning process that's more important mm-hmm. than the other. I think they're all equally important. However, having the right direction is everything and really understanding what you're trying to achieve and what that looks like in good specificity is really important. Just to take a step back, I'm a financial advisor. I primarily work with women of color that are between the ages of 30 and 55, let's say, that oftentimes are high earning or they're entrepreneurs, right? And they really have made the choice that they want to do better with their finances and they really want to change their family's financial trajectory and they just want the tools to be able to do it, right? Even though that 
most of my clients are really high achieving, really driven people that are like reaching for the stars, shooting for the stars. I find that a lot of times it can be hard to really slow down and think about intentionally what you want to achieve, right? People often come to me, I don't know if this is your experience, Emily, but they often come to me and say like, I just want to get my finances together. Well, having your finances together, I mean, there are some basic things that everybody should have and that's really universal, but that's really going to depend on you and your individual aspirations and your individual goals. So my goal is really to get very clear with my clients on what those are so that I can help them figure out the strategy. The goal setting and marrying what it is that you want to achieve, but also understanding sort of who that person is through our conversations and being able to tailor it towards that, I feel like one of the most crucial parts of the whole process. Absolutely. I think when you're talking to them about the goals, it's so crazy because people come in and they really, their goal is to get their finances together, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's like at the starting place, I don't even know if we can call that a goal. We got to get them together yeah. before we can have a goal, right? The goal isn't just to get them together. And I think that yeah. a lot of times when you're dealing with minority clients, they've never had it together. So you're getting yeah. it together and then let alone trying to get them to get those specific goals that are going to help mm-hmm. them achieve the financial success that they want to achieve. So take us through your process when you're talking yeah. to someone, what do you do? Before I do that, I just wanted to touch on one thing. I think so often I find that people, when you come from a background where you don't have a lot of abundance or you don't have a lot of choice or you don't feel like you have a lot of choice, it can be really hard to sort of take that first step, right? And to sort of really think bigger, think a little bit more detailed, think a little more outside of the box because you're told like, be an accountant, be a lawyer, be a doctor, go to college, or this is what's achievable. And so when you want to look above and beyond that, it can be a little bit of a challenge and a mindset thing. My process is we'll obviously do the data gathering. But one thing I think that makes it very different is we do a lot of questionnaires and onboarding with the clients that really dig into what their aspirations are, even things that they might not have ever vocalized. If it's a couple, sometimes they haven't even told each other that these are things that they want to do. If I find that a client is particularly blocked and going through those questions, which you know we can, I can actually read some of them too, yeah. but going through those questions, if nothing has really come up, then I'll even do things like meditations to really help them uncover that. Because a lot of times when you slow down, when you calm down, when you really sit with yourself in silence, then you're able to figure out what it is that you really want as an individual, right? Not what your aunt or your mom or your grandma or dad told you, but what you as an individual really want. So let's see some of the questions. What's your financial best case scenario? What would make you feel the most financially empowered? Mm -hmm. What do you need to feel financially abundant? If I could wave a magic wand, one thing that I find often prompts people, if I could wave a magic wand and give you exactly the life you want in 12 months, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. And that will usually be a good starting point for people to begin to unpack that, right? And it's really a conversation and it's an ongoing thing, but it's really a conversation around, you know, tell me more Mm open-ended questions as the CFP board tells us, right? Mm -hmm. Asking a lot of questions to sort of get people to really paint that picture in a vivid way. The crazy thing is how hard it is to get people to dream about the life that they want to have. It's like, you came to me to try to build this life, Mm -hmm. but now I'm asking you what you want that life to look like and you can't give me goals because you really never thought about it. And the crazy thing that you also said was it's a married couple 
And they haven't even talked about these goals or Absolutely. aspirations together. And the first time they're talking about it is with you to each other in front yeah. of you. And it's like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, um, we just met. I mean, I'm glad you trust me, but I've known y'all for like a week. It's not a deep relationship yet. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think it's a couple things. You know, one, sometimes we put those limits on ourselves, but then also life is busy. I mean, you have four kids. I have three kids. My husband and I are really intentional about talking a lot. And I think we're very future focused people. So we don't necessarily have the issue of not talking about goals. But at the end of the day, I might say I need to talk to him about something. And then a week goes by. I'm like, dang, I didn't talk to him about that because, you know, you're busy mm-hmm. building a business, sleeping sometimes, taking Sweet. care of these kids. What? I know. <laughs> that's cute. Isn't that cute? <laughs> oh, that's a whole nother thing. I think my goals on my next financial plan are going to be to sleep more because right. God, knows, <laughs> God knows that has not been a part of my life for a while. <laughs> yeah, with the kids and everything. So what I was going to say is when you're taking them through the process and you're asking those questions, what are some of the things you're hearing from people like that they uncover from just, oh, wow, I didn't even think like, what are some of the things you hear? You know, I have a couple of clients that I would say are really testaments to the fact that when people allow themselves to think that something's possible, they're able to do it. Right. So I have one client, she's an engineer by training. She had a side hustle that was very profitable. And she was saying, well, I don't know if I'll ever leave my job because I'm going to have a pension. And I was like, you're earning more in your side hustle than you do in your day job. And both of those were six figures. And I was just like, in my head, I'm thinking this woman, and she's a numbers person, she's an engineer, and I'm showing her the projections. You're going to be fine. And for the longest time, it probably took her six months of working together to actually see that it was actually possible, right? Mm -hmm. And she's since made that transition. And I don't know, she's like tripled her income. It's kind of crazy, right? Mm -hmm. And she had all the raw materials there. She was intentional. She was working hard, but she just didn't allow herself to dream that. And meanwhile, she's toiling away in corporate America. And we know what that's like sometimes, much longer than she probably needed to be. Mm -hmm. Another thing I think is people, I think oftentimes, you know, we're taught sort of to work till you die, right? And... Right you know, before, right? Exactly. <laughs> like you die a week before. It's crazy. I mean, we actually had a sad instance. Somebody that my husband knows, she retired. And then three mm-hmm. weeks later, she just died. Just mm-hmm. like that. She wasn't even sick. She just mm-hmm. dropped in. And that's exactly what I think a lot of people don't want, but they don't necessarily think that they can do that. And so one is really thinking about what do I actually want to be doing and making a plan to transition from whatever it is they currently are doing to being more independent, maybe not fire necessarily, but mm-hmm taking a step back from work or working in a way that's more conducive to their lifestyle and their goals. You know, that is exactly like, we were talking about this the other day. Me and one of my buddies, we were talking about this and we were talking about people go out and buy things, right? And so what happens is typically when we meet someone, sometimes what can happen is you go out and you start buying things because you don't have intentionality with your goals and you don't know what Mm -hmm. you want to do. So you just start buying stuff. This is what I see a lot of people do. So then you buy the stuff and then you buy so much stuff that now the stuff has you and you don't have the stuff because yes. the stuff has to be paid, right? And so now yes. this stuff is just dragging you along on the ride because you didn't have a plan and weren't intentional with your money. And now you have to keep working to pay for the stuff that has you yeah. that initially you got. That you didn't even want, okay, <laughs> right? You didn't even want this stuff. Oh, man. So we were talking about that. Next thing you know, you find yourself in that trap. Now you're working extra hours. Now you're stressed out because you're trying to keep up with the stuff that you have. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that being intentional will cure. Mm-hmm. Having a plan will cure that. 
and then having clear defined goals. How do you help your clients? Have you ever had a time when a client's come in where maybe their goals aren't prioritized in the order that you would think? A hundred percent. I just had this conversation (laughs) yesterday. I literally with a client and they are wonderful. I adore Mm -hmm. them. They're wonderful. They're new client, Mm -hmm. married couple, high earners, very high earners, but they've been married a handful of years, but now they really want to take the steps towards combining their finances more, getting more transparency and also setting joint goals and really achieving that. So they came to me and they said, we want to buy a couple of rental properties because we want to have some more passive income and have more income flexibility. Off mm-hmm. the top, I'm like, based on your income and all that, that's fine. But then we dig into it and they're like, we want to buy at least one rental property within the next year. But I'm like, all right, you got $70,000 of credit card debt mm-hmm. and you yeah. got a bunch of cash. Like that needs to be handled first when we're talking about 25% interest, right? And no judgment, right? That's the baseline of it. There's no judgment here. We've all done stupid money stuff. I know I have. But we have to prioritize and it can't hurt, right? And I think, I don't know if you and I have talked about this, Emily, we might have, but I feel like in our community, we oftentimes want to rush. We want to rush. We want to achieve stuff like yesterday. And I get it because I'm over here hungry for myself, for my kids, for my mom, for my grandma, right? They were not able to live the life and have the financial stability that I have or that I want to have in the future. And so I feel that obligation and that urgency. However, when you rush... And when you put the cart before the horse, then the problem is, is things are not stable, right? And so we need to make sure that the fundamentals are good, that the prioritization is good, and that there is a time and a level for everything. We're not having on level one, we're not having level five conversations. We're just not. And that's not to say that level five is more important than level one. It's actually not. It's the reverse, right? Level one, consumer debt kind of getting paid off, getting a budget, having those goals. Those are really the foundational things. And then above and beyond that is when you start to build. But we can't expect to do these level five things when we haven't even completed level one, because what that means is this, the whole thing is not going to be stable. It's like a, I mean, I guess just because we're advisors, so we got to like math, right? But it's like the order of operations. Mm-hmm. You just got to do it in this order. Because if you don't, then it messes up. And I think that goal setting, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. is so important to get that done. And I never thought of it as a foundation, but like you build the goals kind of like a platform, right? Circumstances that tells us what we're going to do. Then you build these goals kind of like, okay, once we build out what we're going to do, almost like the frames to what you're going to do, right? Absolutely. We got these frames up for these goals and you know what you're expecting now. You can see the framework of the house you're building by establishing the goals and the foundation. I'm just making this up. Just coming out. But that is awesome. I love that. So how did the client receive that when you're telling them that? I think they get it, right? I'm somebody I leave with empathy and I just explain to them why. So in this instance, I'm like, all right, listen, we're going to make the assessment based off of basically interest rate that you're paying on the debt versus let's say if you were going to invest those funds, what that money would return for you. And then also thinking about tax advantage and all of that, right? At the end of the day, at 20, 20 something percent interest rate, there is no amount of return you're going to get that is going to outweigh that working against you, right? It's just not going to go there. And given the fact that they were high income, I think they were really receptive to it once I said, like, based on what you're doing, you're going to be in the same cash position within a year. And so they're like, all right, well, that's not a big deal. Like, we'll be back where we are in a year and we'll have less debt. And then that'll give us time to plan for that. Great. One thing I wanted to mention, sort of as the prioritization process, right? For me, It's really about prioritizing risk, like what is foundational and what's a real risk if you don't have that. And then also time sensitivity, right? 
So the real risk is, let's say we're not saving for retirement or we're not paying off the consumer debt or we don't have any cash buffer, right? Emergency fund, what have you. We don't have liquidity. Those are sort of more imminent threats, right? Systemic threats. And then from there, we'll sort of prioritize, go on down the list, you know, maybe college funding for the kids. Maybe we're talking about student loan payoff. Maybe we're talking about saving for their parents aging or whatever it may be. But really coming up with that prioritized list is really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we're wrapping up, this has been awesome. And we try to make these episodes, they're pretty short, but man, this is good. I'm trying to think like how to put it because I don't want to end the episode right here. But, <laughs> but I was like, we, we promised the people that they'd be short. I'm like, this is good. This is so good. Okay. As a parting gift, man, someone that's setting goals, someone that's going to listen to this and then they're going to try to set some goals for themselves or maybe go meet with someone and set goals. What kind of advice do you have for them when they're trying to set those goals? What would you say to someone as they're trying to set those goals? So there's two things. I think one, taking a step back and being in silence and being quiet with yourself. And then also, even if you're a married person, do it on your own and then bringing that to your spouse and really allowing yourself the space and time to really imagine what it is that you want. Think about what did you want to do when you were 15 or 25 and you're still holding on to that on some part of your heart, right? But you haven't actually allowed yourself to verbalize that or think that it's possible. I'd like people to take the time to actually do that before they talk to an advisor. An advisor can only help you so much as the quality of what you give them, right? As as clear as you are, as intentional as you are, as engaged as you are, that's how much an advisor can help you. So you want to make sure that you're clear on that. The second I would say is to that point, Start thinking about an advisor will help you do this. But I think as individuals, we should also know, you know, all right, let's say I want to start an art gallery. Let's say I love art and I want to start an art gallery. Well, shouldn't I have some kind of idea what that costs or when I might want to do that or what that would look like for my day job, right? I have to have some kind of information there to be able to plan for that. We can't plan in a vacuum, right? We need to have some level of specifics and we can talk through those. But it's really important for you as an individual to be centered in that before you come to the advisor. because. As much as I'm sure you're the same way, Emlyn, and I try to do this too, I try not to put my own values or what I would do too much on people, right? And to try and really let their preferences and the numbers lead the way for what we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. So I think the clearer you are on what that is before you come to them, the better, because then it's a little bit more pure of an idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Nothing to add. I mean, man, you're killing it. Killing it, Anna. Killing it. I love it. Um, You're sweet, Emlyn. This is awesome. I'm loving it. It's been fun just to hear you guys talk about how you guys do. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm going to end it right there. I can't wait and, to listen to these. Yes. I always love new ideas from other <laughs> folks. Like I'm excited. Awesome. So we're wrapping this up today. And I just want to thank you, Anna, for coming in and killing it like you always do and providing some really good information about goal setting. I mean, the last thing that you're saying was absolutely phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as you all know, this is a minority money podcast where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time, I'm your host, Inland Miles Magley. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA 
or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here and until next time.